0: are four things you need to know up front one while we are talking to you we're not talking about you your specific situation may not apply to our general podcast analysis two the info we're using came from sources we think are reliable but their accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed not even by the companies issuing the data. Three, you cannot rely on the past results of any investment for future performance. The past is never exactly repeated, so past results can never predict future performance with any reliability. Four, there are many kinds of risk in any investment, no matter what may or may not be guaranteed. Look closely and consult your investment, legal, and tax advisors for deeper one-on-one discussion and analysis.
1: Well, today we're going to talk about advanced stock trading, part one. You know, we've already covered in our fish market at the end of the basic education series, how to place an order. what the difference is between a market and open order, that that's about the same thing, that there's a limit order, limit, good till canceled. And there are stop orders to make sure you get out of a stock uh, before tragedy gets too bad. But what about all the rest of the stuff that you see on a stock screen or in a report? You know, you see all kinds of things. Like, does anybody know what the bid ask is about?
2: No idea. Mm-hmm, neither do Did I. Bid ask,
1: ask. You, you ever see it, as, you'll see it's like bid 925, ask 950? hmm Well, what's happening there is, in order for a stock to trade, someone has to make a market. And, and I've just pulled a whole nother crazy term out of my yeah. butt, make a market? It means that somebody has agreed to stand ready to buy and sell the stock to make sure that there is liquidity. Remember we said liquidity is the ability to buy and sell quickly. Well, that takes a market maker willing to stand there and say, I'll, I'll bid you this for your stock. I'll pay you this much. If you want to buy it from me, I'm asking this. So that way I get a spread in the middle to make sure I'm getting mine. Because whether you're buying or selling, I need to make money if you want me to stand there. So a bid is a market.
2: sell. Bid well, is they're
1: what, both different. So, oh gosh. Oh uh, yeah. Let, let's go through a bid. Oh, yeah, no, it, it seems a little crazy, right? It's like, my head's oh spun. My <laughs> okay. Uh, when a market maker bids, he's saying what he will pay you. He's okay. bidding for you, right? Because he's the one bidding. Right. And when he's asking, he's asking, the asking that price. you pay him. Right. He's, he's telling you. Uh, and that's why the ask is higher. And is a market maker always a him, though? No, I'm just saying that it could be a computer, <laughs> frankly.
0: No, but is it like an institutional investor or a bank? or?
1: Typically, it's an institution, uh, and it's usually a human who's in charge of making the market and pushing the button on the trade. It could be a computer sometimes.
2: Do they determine the differential price in a bid? The market, market a, maker can put
1: the spread wherever the market maker wants to. Cool. Now. If the market maker makes too wide a spread, what happens is the big institutional investors, they get together and say, screw the market maker, we'll just trade directly. And there's a whole nother way that that happens. Uh, uh, Those are called block trades. We're not in the block trading business. It's never going to be relevant for us. We're in the, we just need to buy stock and here's what the bid and ask means. Now, with that bid and ask goes something called size. If you really get into the real minutiae of this, it goes, bid, ask size. What does size mean? Well, it definitely matters. <laughs> <laughs> it I does. will second that. It, it, it does, and to the market maker, <laughs> it does too. If the market maker says, I bid nine, I asked 950 and my size is 600, he's saying that only up to 600 shares is that quote good. If you're gonna go bigger than that, I'm changing my quote. So okay. that way if he said, I want a million shares, he's gonna go, okay, I can't fill that because I don't have right. a million shares. I gotta go figure out how to get it and then I'll tell you what I'll sell it to you for, right? So that's bid-ask size.
0: And how, does this, how is this uh, relevant to the retail investor?
1: Well, it's only relevant if you're trying to get cute about where you want to put your, your when you're buying your stock or selling your stock. If you're putting your orders in at market because it's a big stock and we just want to get in, it's not relevant. It's relevant though, if you want to put limits in, if you're trying to be cute, or let's say the volume is small and you're worried about moving the market, then you have to pay attention to these things. 90% of the time, we don't have to. The next thing we see a lot of times is volume. What's the volume of a stock? Does it mean how loud it is when you say its name? Apple!
2: Or how much water it's displacing when it's... Yeah, in the ocean. yeah, will apple float? I like it.
1: Let's put apple in a beaker. <laughs> Lila, what is volume? I mean,
0: for me, I'm a woman. It's the size my hair. Love, <laughs> you know, as a hairspray, it gets volume. If you're in the you stock know?
1: market, it means how many shares traded. So if you see that the volume is around 100 million shares and we're just trying to buy 1,000, then we don't have to worry about the bid-ask or or the sizes because uh, more than enough. Small, yeah, we're buying a small piece of the volume, so the volume's the thing that you just look at just to make sure: Am I buying enough to move the market?
2: Nah, we're not. Uh, volume is a bigger thing if you're a massive retail investor, right? Well, like if, you're, if an you're an institution, in-
1: or if you have a stock that doesn't trade to a very high volume. Say the volume's only a thousand shares a day on average, and you need to buy two thousand shares. It may take you a couple of weeks to get in at a good price. Otherwise, you're going to move that market, market
2: right, right, right? And you're not
1: going to move it in the direction you like. <laughs> uh, so the next thing we'll look at is sometimes you'll see something called EPS, EPS. EPS. Are we supposed to pronounce it or just say EPS?
0: Like the actor, eh. Omar Epps. Omar Epps. No,
1: that's another P. That's an extra P. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not an actor. Uh, it is EPS. Anybody take a shot at what it means? No, no clue on that one no earnings per share earnings per share yeah what is an earning
0: (laughs) is that um, (laughs) but you get some right so like let me take a wild guess take a wild guess so is it how much the company makes or its profit split by the amount of shares issued
1: you're really really close very good earnings means net income so it's all the money left over after you've paid your taxes, but before you pay dividends that the company has, it's like EBITDA. No, EBIT- EBITDA is before.
0: No. Oh, it's the it's the opposite. Yeah, you're it's confusing. the opposite. Oh, you were
1: so close, and then you went away. <laughs> no, it's you, the you opposite. The okay, yeah. it's the
0: opposite.
1: So it's it's the earnings are the net income. It's what's left over, and uh, you take the price of a share. So if a share is trading for six, and the earnings are one dollar per share, the earning you know, well. No, I'm doing the wrong way. Sorry. If, say, the company made a million dollars in profit and had a million shares outstanding, its earnings per share would be $1 per share. Now, if it's trading at a price of $6 per share, you you could then create what's called a price-earnings ratio. Because if I know I'm making $1 per share as my earnings per share and the share price is six, then I know that my company is trading at six times earnings because one goes into six, six times, right? And that's one, if you remember from uh, our other, one of our other series, that's one of our markers for, for how we look at valuation. Six times earning, we like that. That's a company we'd look at. Uh, and that's, uh, we talk about ratios a lot. You know, we talked about that in valuation. Uh, we use a lot of the, the numbers that we see in these things to compute ratios, like the price-earnings ratio. Another ratio that you'll see sometimes is called a leverage ratio. Any idea what leverage means in the finance world? How much debt the company's in? Oh, my God. In? You took all the fun out of it. I was hoping we are going to have, like, sticks trying to raise up pyramids and stuff. But, yeah, picturing. it's debt. It's all about debt. Uh, and why, why would they call debt leverage?
2: It's
0: kind of leverage. I mean it's leverage against a company. I guess. But what like, does
1: leverage mean in that sense? You know, leverage means height. What, what I can take together. against you. Well, it means it's just like if you think about uh, leverage, it means how much can I lever something high?
2: Right? I picture leverage as like, I have got a good university that wants me to come to you and I have leverage because I don't need to sign with you right now. Well, that's power yeah, yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's power. yeah, that's how I'm thinking right, about let, it. So right, right, I think let, let, of them owning hit, like your shit and you have to pay them back. That's here's like how leverage. financial
1: leverage works, okay? I invest a hundred bucks. I put it into my company as equity. So my company is a hundred dollars of equity and it makes $50 profit that year. That's great. And I know that if I put in another hundred bucks, I could get a hundred dollars. I can get I'd have two hundred dollars in and a hundred dollars of profit next year, but I don't have a hundred dollars to put in. If I borrow a hundred dollars though, and I agree to pay 10% interest, so I'll give them 10. Uh no, I'm gonna give them five. No, I'm gonna give them 10. I'm gonna put it a hundred. I'm gonna give them ten. I've now put a hundred of mine, a hundred of somebody else's. I'm gonna get so it's two hundred in, a hundred's gonna come out. I have to pay ten back in interest. Now I have 90 for my 100 in. That's the power of debt leverage. Where I could have gotten 50 before. So anyone buying a house. I got 90. Anybody buying a house who gets a mortgage is getting leverage. That's right. Uh, Now, the amount of leverage a company should take on in general is a lot less than what you would do in a house. Uh, If a company has more than 50% debt to its, 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 its invested capital, That's starting to get risky. So we look at those ratios and uh, there there are two things, there are a couple of things that go into that. The first thing's called market capitalization. I want to ask you what it means. Market capitalization is you take the price of the stock and how many shares there are and you multiply the two and that's the capital. So for example, Apple today, when you do that, is worth almost $3 trillion, $2.7 trillion. Now, the other thing that you want to look at is, that's their market capitalization, but you want to see how much debt they have. And if you see, if they had $2 trillion in debt, you would add that, and now you'd have $5.7 trillion of what we call enterprise value. Well, enterprise how value- How is that value?
2: How's debt value?
1: Well, debt is value because you got to use the money. Remember, I, if I lend you the money, you get to use it into your business and yeah. pay me back and pay me interest. Oh, with interest right? interest, right, right, right. Right, so that all becomes part of the capital that's available to a company to invest and earn a return on, and we call that enterprise value. It's great, yeah. It is a little great, but it makes how sense how much when that we... they have. That's what's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. How much that they that can we use have to get a look at it though means that, mm-hmm. that there there are ways there are games that could be played that are negative unless we watch these things. So that's why we watch these things. Um, another thing that you'll sometimes see is dividend yield, and sometimes you'll see a dividend yield or yield and TTM or FWD. What the heck does all of that mean? That's like, it looks like my alphabet soup when I was a kid.
2: Uh, what is it, the amount they pay you back?
1: Or the amount they um, sh- profit, profit share. Profit share. Uh, but is yield, is yield expressed in terms of dollars and cents or in percentages? Percents. Yes, it's in a percent. So yeah, it means, it means how much they paid you divided, divided by the price of the stock, right? So if I'm paying you, if I'm profit sharing you a dollar, and the price of the stock today is five bucks, my yield is what? Some percentage. 20%. percent Yes, it is some percentage named 20. <laughs> <laughs> you are both correct. <laughs> now, if I say dividend yield TTM, TTM? Too tough to monitor? I mean, what does <laughs> that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, now, I I tomorrow? It means trailing 12 months. It means for the last 12 months, what have they been paying? And FWD means forward. <laughs> <It's> weird, right? <laughs> they could think of the words for TTM, but not for FWD. Yeah, just, yeah, just yeah, yeah. weird. Forward. But, but forward means what they're expecting will happen based on what the company's guidance is. So sometimes you'll see those two things and they'll be different. And if the yield forward's lower than the TTM yield, what does that tell you that's happening in the company? Profits are going down? Yeah, they're going to cut their dip, their profit sharing. <gasps> red flag, right? Is that right.
0: usually a red flag? Or what if there's like this big project where they want to, and it's going to be a capital intensive expansion project? I that just said it's be... a
1: red flag. I okay. don't <laughs> mean that, it, that, it's a, it's a, that it's an automatic dump. It's just a red flag that says, look closer. For example, good example, is one of my favorite stocks called SFL. Uh, and we are uh, February 19th, 2022. i Good ba-
0: suggestion, by the way, Mark.
1: You know, but I first bought it again. I, I re- re-entered the stock in August of 2020. And three months later, they cut the dividend 44%. I did not sell the stock. I understood why they were cutting the dividend. They like to, when it's opportunistic, they like to go in and buy more boats. I like that. So what did I do? As the stock fell, I bought more stock. And since then, they've raised the dividend 20%. And then last week, another 11%. And now the stock's nicely above what I bought it at in August of 2020. So it's been a wonderful ride. So yes, it is a red flag. It's worth investigating. Doesn't necessarily mean bad times. Um, Here's another one for you. Um, Ratings. Are there Wall Street ratings on a stock? Do you ever see that sometimes where there are ratings in Wall Street?
0: Morningstar. Look for it.
1: Look for it. Not Morningstar. Don't care about Morningstar so much. Uh, care mostly about Wall Street firms and, 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 and research houses. Why? We sort of talked about Credibility. This.
2: They got mega computers doing this stuff for you. Remember we
1: talked about the difference between an orphan stock and a followed stock? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why it's important to, to beware of orphans? Yeah. So if we find that nobody's rating the stock or following the, the stock, orphan. what yeah right? Leave that sucker at the orphanage, right? <laughs> that, that could be a trap for our money. We don't want it. So yeah, so that's why we look to see if there are ratings. I don't care what the ratings are. We'll decide whether the, the ratings are good or not. I just want to know that are people talking about it and following it and institutions right. buying it. Um, let's talk about one last one that, that I like. It's called BV, or sometimes NAV, it stands for book value or net asset value. What are we talking about? Uh, That's
0: what you're about to explain to us. Net asset value. (laughs) It is what it is. It's net asset value.
1: Book value and net asset value are exactly the same thing. And what it means is when we have a balance sheet. A uh, Balance Sheet says there are assets that a company owns, like in the case of Apple, they own stores and machines and, and offices and they have-
0: And people. Uh,
1: buildings they, and No, people aren't an asset though. People <laughs> are data. a liability because <laughs> you have to pay them. <laughs> uh, what did you say, Connor? Just data. data. No, actually, data isn't actually an asset on their balance sheet, but it is an asset. Uh, but on their balance sheet will be things like like all the inventory they own and stuff. And then- On the other side of the balance sheet that balances out are the liabilities, the money they owe to people, to people who lent them money, to vendors who sold them stuff that they're turning into iPhones. And then there's also the area after that is called the shareholder's capital or the net asset value or the book value of the company. So it's when you take the assets and you subtract the liabilities, you get book value or net asset value. Now, most of the time, I'll tell you that number is just bullshit. Flat out bullshit. It's got all kinds of noise terms in it. Things like goodwill. What's goodwill? Well, it's a Matt Damon role. No, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something that doesn't exist. It's, it's, an, it's, it's air, right? So book value most of the time doesn't mean anything except in three situations. Okay. You're right. Yeah, I don't want to guess. Okay. First one is a bank. Because what a bank does, think about what a bank does. A bank takes in money and lends it out. So... It should be worth kind of the net of those things. Uh, so another, you're saying it's
2: accurate that in these three situations, it's a more accurate. It's a more evaluation. accurate okay. measure. Yeah, another so
1: place where where book value matters is in real estate. Uh, real right. estate is one of those alternative investments, hard things that we talked about. But real estate's it's its own weird thing that it always trades on the value of the land, less the debt that you took to finance it, just like your house. When you buy your house, your equity value in your house is the same as your net asset value or your book value. Right. Uh, same, so in real estate we use it, and then the last place we use it is called a real estate investment trust, which is, those are the ways that we can buy the common stock of, of bundles of real estate.
2: Uh, Could we say watches? No. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> But why would watches? Because well, let's say a it isn't the watches. value of it. All right, let's take
1: Patek it. Philippe. Okay. Let's yeah. take Patek Philippe, the most famous watchmaker in the world. And on their balance sheet, there's going to be a big value just for the name Patek Philippe. You can't turn that into money necessarily. You can't cash it into the bank. It's called an intangible asset. So if, if you want to liquidate Patek Philippe, unless someone will pay you for the name. For the
2: name. And that's what every good big brand has. This guy has, has this oh. big
1: built-in things of of what we might call intellectual property. or And you can't unlock it if you destroy the thing.
2: Right. It's not liquid. <laughs> it's not a thing. Right. You can't so. just
1: liquidate it and say, oh, I'm pocketing the goodwill of from Apple and into my bank <laughs> <Right>. account.
2: <laughs> uh, you could say that, but no one will give but you But with the house right? you are. But not even with the tangible item of like a collector's watch or the one of one well, no. First the, Tesla or whatever, even though I depreciated. Well, the tech tangible
1: way. things are the inventory; those are the assets. So, those okay. are there. It's just that when you look to the value of a company like it's of Alta a company, Philippe, yeah, it's more than just those things. It's all that other stuff that makes a noise turn. Okay.
2: I, I, what confused me is the the how a house. It's not necessarily a company, but it has its own rules and regs of that shit.
1: Yeah, it is. In fact, yeah, in the the way you buy a house, we're actually going to cover that in a whole segment of how you buy a house because it is different from the way you buy a company for those reasons. And that's part one.
0: Thanks for listening. Before we go, here's a reminder. You have 30 minutes a month of one-on-one consulting to discuss your specific situation with us. We recommend you take advantage of that.